Guru Nation, welcome to episode 455 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, Chris and I, <clears throat> we're in the car. We're actually in my car coming back from uh, a site visit, actually a business meeting, sorry, in Los Angeles. And so we apologize for any road noise, but that's where we film this because this is where we got inspired. We got inspired. Uh, this We're tackling the topic of diversity in clinical research, specifically when it comes to sites and how sites can improve diversity at their own sites and how it starts at a local level really and it's a grassroots effort and then how sponsors can learn from this and kind of do something on a little bit of a higher level on a macro level how to increase diversity so check it out hopefully you learn something or get something of value or get an idea or get an inspiration or just something about diversity because it's an extremely important topic so let me know what you think about this text me 949-415-6256 also look in the show notes we get the patreon channel it's only five bucks a month includes a monthly mastermind the group has been small but growing but these zoom meetings these monthly mastermind meetings are really where you get most of the value, where you get most of the bang for your buck for five bucks a month. But if that's not enough, which by the way, there's real networking is going on there. Real business is happening because of this Patreon group, which I did not expect to happen. If that's not enough, I also put weekly videos on how to market, how to do digital marketing, how to increase your opportunities, talk a little bit about investing and real estate and business and different things like that. So check that out, patreon.com slash dancefera. Also, CRA Academy, CRC Academy, both launching. Finally, I'm very proud to announce my Latinos in Clinical Research group that I co-founded along with three lovely ladies. Uh, it's welcome to all ethnicities. Links are in the show notes, latinosinclinicalresearch.com. The focus is obviously, speaking about diversity, focuses obviously on Latino issues in clinical research. So check all those out. If you need help getting studies for your site, text me, 949-415-6256. We have monthly services for you at a pretty affordable cost. Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you later. Hey, Guru Nation, welcome back to another episode of uh, Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru, another car edition, another stuck on the freeway. Welcome to LA. Through downtown LA, the day before the election, guys, things are getting boarded up because regardless of who wins, and you'll know very soon because you're gonna watch this when it's already decided. Maybe, maybe it's not decided. Maybe you still don't know. But we had a meeting today. Let's talk a little bit about the meeting. What? And Chris is here too, by the way. He, you've been hearing him. Chris, you gotta be pointing it on yourself when you're talking. I said hi. Uh, Wave hi. So, the lunch meeting, you know, about inefficiencies from site levels and, and doctor's offices. Started talking about patient centricity and things like that as well. How to make the whole patient experience better. What are your thoughts on that? Like as far as research participants are concerned, what are your thoughts on making the patient experience better? This is about sites and what sites can do. First of all, let's talk about diversity a little bit. Okay, so what, what are some of the things sites can do to increase diversity in clinical research? And I wanna send a shout out to uh, Latinos in Clinical Research. We're starting that. It's, it's official, just go to Latinos in Clinical Research 
www.thepowerofthesoul.com. Sign up, get notified of our Zoom meetings. We're going to have Zoom meetings. We're going to have special guest meetings. We're going to have career education. We're going to have business development, networking, all the fun stuff through Zoom. And then when this pandemic's over, in person. We're going to do like physical conferences when this thing's over. Uh, yeah, okay. They're saying uh, by this time next year, we're back at conferences. Well, I have my own opinion on this whole thing, but I'm not going to go into it here. That's a deep rabbit hole. Yes, it is. But we won't do that. But basically, diversity in research, patient centricity in research, sites play a crucial role in all of this. If, if What advice do you have to a site that's just getting started maybe right now? Maybe there's a physician. Let's, let's use the one that we just partnered with as a hypothetical. Without mentioning his name. What clinic? San Someone Bernardino? in San Bernardino. Okay. He's just starting. He he has a private practice. He wants to do all kinds of stuff in there as well. And research. Right. So what can we help him? How can he make a patient-centric experience for his patients in research? Like what would be the advice you would give to him? For general medicine. So we're not talking psychiatry trials. Just general medicine. You know, asthma ulcerative colitis, dermatology type stuff. How did you make the experience better for the patients who are in the study? Because retention is a big problem in our research. Sure. And then we'll get to diversity later. Well, that's an interesting question because I don't know how you improve retention with general medicine studies. I mean, I suppose you could offer conveniences such as you know if you're gonna be here any longer than an hour or two we'll provide you a meal mm-hmm. um, we'll provide you beverages you know have a number of different choices but outside of that I really don't know what you would offer um, I mean you're restricted in terms of pay right so obviously pay could help I suppose the only other thing you could offer is maybe a additional treatment but again, oops, research is in treatment, so. <laughs> oops, but uh, don't worry about the oops bar because this is a good conversation. And this is a podcast too, so oops aside, it is an alternative. Right. Right? And it can be used simultaneously, especially if you are the, if you are the treating doctor and you are also the principal investigator. You have excellent oversight. First of all, you have a great history of the patient from the past. You have great context. And you also have excellent safety oversight when that patient is in your study. Because you can know, you can tell them, yeah, this is research, it's experimental, but it is an alternative treatment option if you get the treatment part. Otherwise, it's placebo and there's really no benefit. Right. But I know you, you're my patient, so I we can always take you out and put you in back on your standard of care. Right? And it's through me. So one of the things we got at from our meeting today we met with a would you call him a venture capitalist or yes. what? okay so a VC guy that we met today and he's he wants to come do some disruptions in the clinical research space but and healthcare he came from um, education and uh, construction background mm-hmm. but one of the things he was talking about was in studying private practices he noticed that patients jump around from doctor to doctor a lot and remember we asked well what's the main contributor of this it's a lack of follow-up on the doctor like they're just not calling them and saying hey you know do you want to come back in or what's going on 
even me with my own doctor, if I were to never call him again to schedule, they'd never call me back. Mm-hmm. Right? So the, the uh, continuity of care, I think is what it's called, uh, in healthcare is lacking. And it's a lot of it is due to not utilizing technology, specifically in the form of communication tools, like text alerts, right? I don't get any text reminders from any of my doctors I go to personally, do you? I don't get text reminders. I get it from my dentist, not from my doctor. I get text reminders for my my, my scheduled paint. Uh, my scheduled visit is either like tomorrow or the day after. I get reminders. I get reminders. Okay, so they're starting to use this. Well, I don't technology. get. It's time for it's time for you to come in again. I don't get that. You don't get that. Okay. But I do get once I've scheduled an appointment. So at least you get that. I don't get any of that. Yeah. Don't mind. Uh, so to translate this to the research side where retention is even more of an issue, right? Uh, because we're talking about a matter of weeks and some patients only show up for like one-fourth of a study. Right. And then they're a loss to follow-up. Yep. Right? Now, loss to follow-ups are not the greatest thing in research. Loss to follow-ups are worse than early term. Oh, because sure. they don't have that end point, the final end point, right? Yep. Plus, they probably have the diaries with them, the tablets, uh, they probably have the investigational product with them. So, you know, it's it's like all this stuff that uh, you would get at the uh, early term visit. And sponsors love it when the patient randomizes and then does not come back for another visit. Lost right. follow-up. That's like the absolute worst. And why that's the absolute worst is because the sponsor is paid for the patient to get through the screening visits. Now that they're going to start acquiring data and there is no data to acquire. We, um, we're going to be doing a lot with the sites in our network and with sites outside of our network. 
we're gonna get into some of those ideas but what can that doctor do like let's say tomorrow he wants to start a clinic to get more minority participation in research african-american hispanic american asian americans in research well they just recruit it from their database from their database yeah um i mean there's other ways too i mean you obviously hopefully they have uh, colleagues that are physicians or nurse practitioners or physician assistants that can help them with recruitment and community put, outreach but they're put the word out i'm looking specifically for these people this with this disease community outreach for sure it's a grassroots effort to get minorities in research i take it a step further and you and i are doing this with our projects site to be if they're not already in those minority communities you want them to start having a presence out there so community outreach right lunch and learn program it's tough to do now in a pandemic era where nobody's doing lunch and learn so but be out in the community be involved and another way to do that is to hire people from those communities to be your staff but there's like patient recruiters right there's limitations to that right so yeah. if you're if you're a, your practice or your private practice physician and your practice is in i don't know what's a very caucasian community somewhere in wisconsin right okay um or iowa okay right you probably you probably don't have too much diversity okay right so i think you're geographically limited sure where you have to already kind of be in that community so if or, sponsors basically what you're saying is if sponsors want more diversity the onus is really on them and less so on the sites they need to be smarter yeah. about where they're selecting the yeah i would say it's like a 70 30 proposition where suppose you're looking specifically for hispanics for a study okay or latinos for a study and you're not going to go to again iowa necessarily right you need to go to maybe a southern state um, so you're more likely to to find a physician that has this uh, database of patients. Um, I think that's what you're you're again. You're more geographically limited. No. Uh, yeah. I Could agree. you go to Iowa? Uh, no. For a Latino population? <laughs> no. So it is it is on the sponsor. You got to select. You got to make sure you have a presence in the communities that are underrepresented. Exactly. Right. Uh, and the problem with the industry is, at least it used to be, they're taking some action now. So if you're a, if you're a research naive clinician in one of these areas, you need to be applying for site. You need to get in contact with us. If you are in a primarily Hispanic or African American or Asian American community, you need to get in touch with us or someone like us, but we can definitely help you get started in research. Because the sponsors are gonna love you. They're coming after you. Doesn't matter if you're research naive. They're hiring people like us to help you get started. Yep. And to walk you through research and how to how to do it. And to walk you through it. If you are already a site and you want to expand your reach into these communities, I think the best one of the best things you can do is start hiring people from these communities. So if you want more African-Americans in your study, hire some African-American 
patient recruiters. <clears throat> Hire some African American and then train them to be coordinators. Hire an African American study coordinator. Hire an African American patient concierge. Hire a Latin American coordinator. And then groom them to be coordinators and to be assets to your site. Because they are going to be assets to your site. Because guess what? The way we human beings operate is we tend to trust the people that look more like us. Right? From our same ethnicity, same background as us. There's just something there. Where I just bought this car from a Romanian person. We had a very good rapport because we're both Romanian. Yeah, it's just like, worry. It's natural. I saw a study on that. It's like 15%. 15% more compatible. Right. And and for African Americans who are historically, for good reason, the Tuskegee experiment being mm-hmm. the main culprit, very uh, hesitant to consider clinical research an option, right? It helps to have African American employees at the site level. Yeah. If you can have African American PI, of course, clinician, sub by nurse practitioner, all the best. So this is some advice for the sponsors out there. Just like we're we're giving some advice for the sites. If you're a sponsor out there planning your next trial and you're concerned about getting minorities in your study, guess what? Your colleagues have been reaching out to me and Chris all year talking about these kind of things. There there's sponsors are out there doing this. So you want to it's grassroots. You want to locate the areas where you're more likely to get minorities into your studies. You want to locate those areas and then go find the clinicians that are well trusted by the community members and get them to be principal investigators. And yes, it's a lot of training and a lot of work involved, but there are companies like these two people you're looking at right now that do that. There's others too. I don't know who they are, but there I'm sure there's others. But that's what you should be doing if you're a sponsor. And if you're a site, those are the things you should be doing. Is there anything else we missed on this diversity topic or we covered everything? Well, I'm sure we missed something, but I can't think of anything. So that's in a nutshell how to do it. We'll keep it short and sweet, but it's uh, still long enough for a podcast. So thank you very much, Chris, for holding the camera in the car. And thank you everybody for watching and listening. And we'll catch y'all later. Everybody have a good week. So hey everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, And also go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, You can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.